0: Tonight, as we look at, uh, as we continue our series on uh, the importance of a name, the power of personal identity, uh, I want to discuss specifically the new. We've we've hit this a couple of times, several times actually, uh, but I want to I want to speak specifically tonight about the new identity that we receive when we become children of God. And aren't you glad for that? When each one of us were born, uh, we were given a name by our natural uh, parents, and as I've mentioned already, that name may or may not have been connected with some significance that they had uh, or that they had for you, and uh, so we affirm that, but uh, aren't you glad that when we are born again... That God has his own name for us and we receive a unique identity in, in Jesus Christ. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, which is where we're going to look tonight, the Apostle Peter refers here to believers as living stones. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, about being living stones. Which, um, and that may be a mixed metaphor, but nevertheless, it is a very descriptive Uh, turn of phrase is a very descriptive uh term uh for who or for what we are uh in christ and and what god intends for us to be god intends for us to be living stones that when we are born again we become uh living stones in fact what i want us to do is i want us to read uh peter's words here in first peter chapter uh two beginning in verse number one all right We're going to read all the way down to verse number 12. So follow along. So put away all, Peter writes it. He says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and evil and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many have tasted that the Lord is good? Verse 4 And as you come to him, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let's pray. Father, we ask that, Lord, right now you would anoint your word, that, God, you would anoint me as I preach your word, and that, God, through it, you might communicate to us, Lord, something about who you intend us to be as children of God. Father, I pray that you would move us, God, from glory to glory. That God, line upon line, precept upon precept, you would grow us up, Lord, into the image of your own dear Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we give you thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Now, before Peter explains what it means that we are living stones, he begins with the assumption that we are born again. Uh, he, uh, It's important that we start there, that we understand... That Peter is assuming his audience is uh, born again. We begin begin as believers much as we begin as humans. We begin as newborn infants. That's what Peter says here. Now you, as as newborn infants, you should desire the spiritual uh, milk. Which means that if we begin as infants, naturally and also spiritually... Uh, it means that we fully possess those things that make us truly who we are. Think about that for just a second. When you begin as a newborn infant, you possess fully everything that makes you truly who you are right so when you're born you had uh, you had two eyes, two ears, a nose uh, you had well you might have had hair, you might not have had hair, okay <laughs> um, but you had a heart, you had you know two lungs. You had two kidneys, you had two arms, two legs, fingers, toes. You had everything that made you who uh, you are. What's more, you had it was encoded into your DNA how those things would grow and how they would develop, whether you would have blue eyes or brown eyes or whether you would uh, have hair or not or whether you would lose your hair early or not or whether you would keep it... Uh, uh, into old age or or not. Babies are born with everything that makes them uh, human. So when you are born as, as a newborn infant, that means you fully possess those things that make you truly who you are. However, they are not formed to their complete potential, right? Uh, so you possess everything that makes you who you truly are, even if those things have not been formed to their complete uh, potential. So yes, you had two arms and two legs, but uh, your arms and your legs grew, your fingers grew, your uh, body grew. Those features will grow and develop over time, taking on unique characteristics and unique uh, proportions. And so... Uh, everything that you had when you were born is everything that you needed to make you who you really are, even if those things still had to grow, and still had to had to develop in in their characteristics and in their proportions. Furthermore, each one of us has a personality. Each one of us were uh, born was born with a capacity that, to some extent, was pre uh, pre-programmed in us now there there are those that say babies are uh, blank slates at birth uh, that they're blank slates and they become the product of the environment in which uh, they are raised however that doesn't seem to us to jibe with um, what scripture says about us or what experience teaches us as well because if you're a parent then you know that uh, you can raise two kids in the same environment, and they can turn out completely different. How many parents know that to be true? I look at my kids sometimes, and I say, really, you guys have the same parents? I mean, if you look at them, you can say, yeah, they've got the same parents, but their personalities are different. And so each child is born with their own unique personalities and a unique capacity. And uh, so to be sure, the environment uh, influences those things. So the, the environment has variables that have in, huge influence on our growth and on our development. But those variables only act upon and affect what has already been imparted uh, to that child. So the same is true. Uh, my point is that the same is true when we're born again. Our identity, when we are, when we are born again, whatever it is before we came to know Jesus Christ... Whatever our identity was then is made new when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Aren't you thankful for that? That whatever was is no longer, amen? That the old is passed away. In fact, this is how Paul puts it. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. That's what the Bible means when we talk about being born again. It means that that old nature is gone. That old person is dead. In fact, Paul says it's buried in baptism. That's That's why we baptize people. That's why we do it by immersion, because it symbolizes what? It symbolizes that old person going under the water and that old person being buried and that person being raised as a new creation in Jesus Christ. How many know what I'm talking about tonight? Say amen if you do. Amen. So when we come to Jesus Christ, all things have passed away. All things have become new. We are born uh, again. And that's what Peter discusses that in chapter 1. We didn't read chapter 1, obviously, but he talks about being born again. And when we are born again, we are imparted with everything that we need for life and godliness. So just like when we are born, uh, we have everything that we need that makes us truly who we are. How many knows when we are born again? How many knows we receive everything that we need for life and godliness? And Peter makes that point later in 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, Now you have received everything that you need for life and. And for godliness. So when we are born again, we're imparted with everything that we need, however, those qualities, just like a natural baby, those qualities are not fully developed yet. They have to they have to grow to their own proportions and to their own characteristics. When we come to Jesus Christ, we come as newborn infants. Amen. And that's what Peter, that's the point that he makes. Here, when we come to jesus christ it changes our identity we are born again we receive a new identity a different name and that's what we've been talking about that we've received that identity that only god knows for who he created us to be so we receive that new identity because we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light from the dominion of satan to the dominion of God's own son. So our identity has changed. However, the change in our identity does not automatically produce uh, a change in our nature. We must, in Peter's words, he says we must what? Grow up into salvation. Do you see that here? Like newborn infants long for the spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. And listen, spiritual growth is the true experience of any person who has genuinely been born again. If you've been sincerely been born again, if you've sincerely experienced the grace of Jesus Christ in your life, then the true experience you will have, you will grow spiritually. If you're not growing spiritually, then the question is whether or not you've actually been born again because if you've been born again you will grow and that's the point that peter makes here in this passage he says we will grow up in in into our salvation and verse look at verse number three he says if indeed you have tasted that the lord is good so if you have genuinely experienced christ then the result will be what then you will grow up in salvation there's no listen there's no static christianity there's no remaining as babes in jesus christ amen you you don't remain as a babe in christ You, you must grow up in salvation if you've sincerely experienced grace if you've sincerely been born again then you will grow up in salvation and spiritual growth is the Uh, So it is the true experience of any person who has been born again, and growing up in salvation involves renouncing our old identity and its nature, renouncing who we used to be, and putting off our old nature, and pronouncing our new identity in Jesus Christ, and putting on our new nature. So we must crucify the old person mortify the old nature and we must embrace the new identity and grow up in our salvation and the description that peter uses for that process is in verses four and five he says and as you come to him as you as you draw near to christ as you grow up in your salvation uh, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual, as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are, we are each living stones, and we are being built up as one spiritual house for the purpose of offering spiritual sacrifices to god now now that's significant for several different reasons let's unpack that for just a second one second peter says we are each living stones in other words each one of us when we come to jesus christ our old nature is our old person is dead That old nature we got to put off that old nature and we got to embrace our new identity in christ and each one of us Are living stones. A couple of weeks ago or several weeks ago, I gave to you a little white stone, remember, and to symbolize the fact that one day we believe that when we stand before God or someday God's going to, the Lord's going to present us with a white stone with our name written in it, a name that only he and us know, right? To symbolize that we each have a unique identity in God. He has his own name for each one of us, right? So each one of us are living stones. That means that we're unique, uh, individuals I mean as we are some of us are a little bit more unique than others right? <laughs> but each one of us have have our own unique uh, identity we're all how many of us we're not all shaped alike are we we're we're we don't we don't all have the same color right we don't all have the same likes and the same dislikes right we all we don't all have the same personalities we're all difference amen i think it was ruth uh, bell graham once said that her and billy graham were completely they were different from one another and they said listen if we were both alike then one of us is unnecessary <laughs> we're all different aren't we we're all unique we all have our own wants i mean our own uh, tastes our own likes our own dislikes so we each one have been given a unique identity by God. He made you who you are for a purpose and for a reason. So we're each one living stones. We have a unique identity. However, we are all being built up into one spiritual house. So although we have unique identities, we are each one being fitted together with other living stones fitted together into one spiritual house the body of christ the temple of the holy spirit which is the bride uh, of jesus christ so look to your left look to your right this evening you're listen you are a living stone person sitting next to you is a living stone as well you you are unique in your own personality And that person beside you is unique in their personality, who they are, the gifts that God has put into their life. But God is able to take each one of us and fit us together into one spiritual house. Isn't that wonderful that God is taking people from different backgrounds, different personalities, different colors, uh, different personalities, and he is fitting us all together, building us into one spiritual house house amen and the purpose of him doing that is so that we would give sacrifice to god our corporate purpose is to bring glory to god listen it's it's not about it's not about you amen. is it Say, so point at yourself say listen self it's not about you now now this is the fun part look at your neighbor and say it's not about you either <laughs> hey listen who's it about it's about Jesus, right? It's about God. Say, So it's not about you. Listen, yes, you are a unique individual. God has created you to be who you are, and he loves you as you are. The personality you have, he gave it to you. Amen? The gifts, the talents you have, God gave those gifts, those talents uh, to you. But it's not about you. He gave you those things because his intention is to take you and fit you together with somebody completely different than you and put you together, all of us, together in such a way that it's not going to bring attention or glory to you. It's going to bring glory and attention to Jesus Christ. And that's his purpose. So each one of us have unique identities but those identities God is fitting together into the body of Christ for the purpose of bringing glory and honor uh, to God. So the unique identity that each of us have been given serves the priority of God's glory. So as we grow up in salvation, we are aware that, that we have been given this new identity in Jesus Christ. A new I, I think I've shared with you already one of my favorite songs when I was growing up in Pentecostal church was there's a new name written down in glory. I used to love singing that song when I was a little kid. And I would just sing. And so when, when you come to Jesus Christ, you have been given a new name, amen, a new identity. And growing up in salvation means recognizing you have been given this new identity, a new name by Jesus Christ. But it also means that you understand that you have been adopted into one family. God is fitting you together into one family for the one reason of giving glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And each one of those realities influence our spiritual growth and our spiritual development. We understand this, that as we grow, here's spiritual growth impacts all three of these things as we grow spiritually we first we grow in relation to ourselves in other words as we grow spiritually we begin to understand and we begin to learn who we are in Christ that's one of the marks of spiritual growth is that you begin to understand more and more who it is God made you uh, to be You begin to understand, hey, God created me with a unique personality. God gave me gifts and talents. God has created me in a unique way. And so we grow up uh, in relation to ourselves. We learn who we are and we learn to affirm our unique personality. We discover our unique gifts and our unique uh, abilities and that's part of spiritual growth is learning who you are in jesus christ who god created you to be in discovering those gifts and discovering those abilities But spiritual growth also means that we grow not only in relation to ourselves but we grow in relation to others in other words we learn that we must fit together in the body of christ that i I don't exist for myself and and I ought not I'm not designed to uh exist independent of my brothers and my sisters, but that God is putting me into one spiritual house and how many know that means that we sometimes we rub up against uh people in this one spiritual house and and Sometimes those stones they have sharp edges, don't they? Sometimes you know we got to figure out how it is that we fit. Uh, to how how many have ever hit a uh, sharp edge on somebody else Amen. before? <laughs> uh, you bumped up against a sharp edge before. And you said, "Woo, they've got some sharp edges, some rough rough around the edge." Hey, guess what? You're rough around the edges too. Amen. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> As When we grow up spiritually, we learn, hey, God's created me to be who I am, and we get comfortable with that. We understand. We begin to understand that. But we also begin to understand this. We understand God has created me to exist in a body of believers. So I've got to figure out how I fit in the body. I've got to grow up in relation. Uh, to other people in the body of Christ. That means that that we learn that God has created us to live in community with others. And we begin to understand that nobody has all of the information. Did you hear me? So we learn nobody has all of the information. Nobody has all of the revelation. (laughs) Nobody has all... Uh, of the gifts. Can you say amen? amen. Nobody possesses all of the knowledge. Nobody possesses all of the gifts. We recognize that we need one another, and so we learn to bear with one another. We learn to complement uh, one another. We bear with someone else's weaknesses. We compensate for other people's deficiencies because We're hoping and praying that they will compensate for our deficiencies as well. We recognize, hey, I have got something to offer to the body of Christ. And each one of us have something to offer for the body of Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. But so does that person next to me. And what I've got, they need. What they've got, I need as well. And so as we grow spiritually, we grow in relation to other people and we we learn to love. One another. And that's the greatest thing of all, isn't that what Paul, uh, Paul taught us? The greatest, the greatest thing is love. It doesn't matter how well you speak in tongues, it do not matter how well you do other things, it doesn't matter how well you preach or sing or play musical instruments. None of that other stuff is eternal. What really matters, what's e- what is eternal, is love. Amen? So being in the body of Christ, being in a church, One of the most powerful things about being in a church is learning how to bear with one another, (laughs) learning how to love one another with all of our rough edges and learning how to fit together and to hold together. And that's what Peter is talking about. He says, as you grow up, as you mature spiritually, then listen, you'll understand you're a living stone. You've been given a new identity in God With unique gifts and abilities. And you have something to offer the body of Christ. But God is fitting you together in one spiritual house. And so you grow in relation to one another. And learn to love one another and bear with one another. And then finally, we grow not only in relation to ourselves. Not only in relation to others. But we also grow in relation to Jesus Christ. How many knows he is the living stone Peter says here he is the living so we are living stones but he is the living stone he is the cornerstone, which means that he has the preeminence in everything it's not about me it's not about what I want it's not about what I desire it's not about what you want it's not about you but it's about Jesus Christ and that together we grow in such a way that we ought to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And draw the attention not to me, not who I am, or not who you are, not even to our church or our denomination, but that we draw attention to Jesus Christ and bring glory and honor to Him. He's the cornerstone. And so we grow in relation to His preeminence he's the chief he's the head of the church he deserves preeminence in the church and what's more we we line ourselves up with jesus christ listen don't compare yourself to your brothers or your sisters because god created us all different didn't he and that's when we get in trouble is when we begin to compare ourselves to each other right and we say well you know um, I, I'm not like that person I wish I was more like that person or at least I, I'm better than that person we get in trouble when we start comparing ourselves to one another who we need to be comparing ourselves to is Jesus Christ because he's the cornerstone and we're supposed to line up uh, with him I, I've shared with you before my dad was a, mesa, a, a brick mason so I used to help him occasionally in the summers and um, on weekends at different times I would carry brick for him or stones and whatever he was laying um and I would stack them up for him and, and many many times I watched him lay in fact he taught me how to lay brick a little bit you know when I was when I was young and uh first thing he would do when he would lay lay up a wall is he would build up the corner and he would work on that corner make sure it was square make sure it was level make sure it was even the runs were even And then as he did a run uh, of brick or block or whatever it was, he would put a line on that corner, a line on that corner, stretch the line in the middle so that he knew where each brick or each block or each stone had to measure up, had to come up to that line because that was the level he was laying to. And then after he did that run, he would move the line up a little bit and then he'd do the next run of brick. And Listen, Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the one that sets the standard for us. Amen. And in our new identity, yes, God has created us unique, different. He's given you a unique identity, gifts, personality. All of us are different because God created us all different. But we don't compare ourselves to one another. We compare ourselves to Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone. And we recognize that together, God is building us up into one spiritual house And the purpose for that is to bring glory and honor uh, to Jesus Christ.